All right. So as you all know, I am from Singapore, and literally up to the age of of about. 15, 16, I thought that Judaism was some cult of people who just followed Judas or something. Now, I know how terrible that sounds, but you have to excuse my ignorance because here in Singapore, Singapore, a place where people use the N word like it's no big deal. So, hopefully, that gives you some context on how, how it's like here. First of all, there aren't many Jews around here. So, of course, they don't bother including Ju- Judaism in our local civics education propaganda classes. So, other than the fact that the Bible talks about them a lot, I really didn't know anything else about Jews. I think it was only when I had to Google why Ben Shapiro wears that little cap that I finally had a solid, sort of rough understanding of what Judaism and the Jewish people are all about. Now, since I got involved in Prager Force, I've been exposed to a lot more of American culture and society, both the good and the ugly. And I have to say that one of the most vile things that I've seen for myself now is anti Semitism. I simply do not understand how one could direct so much hate on an individual just because of the group that they belong to. As it is, I already get enough flack for being Catholic, so I cannot imagine the incomparable amount of hate that a Jewish person could get. So today I have with me Yael Gluck, an, Amer- an American patriot. Living in Los Angeles, a proud Jew and Israel advocate. And she's going to be educating me about anti Semitism. So, Yael, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Gabriel, for having me. Right, so now that everyone is aware of my former lack of knowledge on <laughs> the Jewish people, at least up till recently, I've learned a lot from the people in Prager Force and just talking to people. And I know we've talked about this before. So thank you for that. And I, of course, still have a lot of questions. So I think it's best we get started here. So, first thing, what is it specifically about Jews that people seem to hate so much? Because from what I see, most of your people are essentially white. So I cannot see it really being a race thing. So, so what's going on, really? What is it about Jews in particular? That fuels anti Semitism? So, to be honest, we don't really know.、Um, I think the hardest thing to pinpoint is why we're hated.、Um, we do our best to follow by our Jewish law and to live as good as we can、um, by the laws of our Torah, which is the Old Testament or the Bible.、Um, and we do our best to have you know, our relationship with God and to be the best people we can to contribute to the world and to society. And it's really hard for me to say that, oh, this is the reason. That anti Semitism exists. We don't know. What we do know is that it's a very age old hatred、um, that has really lasted since the beginning of the stories in the Bible. So when we look back and we see Laban and Isaac or Esau and Jacob, you know, those are two big, big stories where you have a Gentile、um, who doesn't like someone who has a relationship with God as we believe in him. So、mm-hmm. I think that it's a hatred that is just. Very much existent through all time,、um, and it hasn't gone away. And if we knew why it was why it was fueled,、um, we could very easily fix it, or at least we could try.、Um, but as we can tell, it's very hard to,、uh, to get rid of it.、Um, and it takes form every generation, there's a different form of anti Semitism.、Um, so, you know, we can't really pinpoint why, but we know that it's there.、Mm. Yeah, got it. I mean, so I know, of course, you. 
so it's hard to pinpoint something on anti-Semitism, and that makes sense. Otherwise, yeah, you guys would have probably found out a solution to anti-Semitism by now, I'm sure. But, you know, anti-Semitism is, of course, a real thing. Now, you've mentioned before that living in a Jewish community, you personally haven't experienced really a terrible amount of anti-Semitism yourself, although I have seen the anti-Semitic comments that you get online. But can you give us some examples of the anti-Semitic acts that you've seen or heard of? Yeah, so actually, I have a friend who lives Mm -hmm. in Florida, um, and she doesn't live in a very Jewish area. She is, of course, Jewish. um, And for middle school and elementary school, she went to a very specific um, type of private school. And she was the only Jewish kid in her grade. And as a middle Mm -hmm. middle school um, kid, she was bullied and harassed and um, completely picked on by the rest of her schoolmates. Um, She's had situations where kids who were in eighth grade, you know, classmates um, would take her picture of her face and like paste it onto Anne Frank's body. They would pin her down and draw swastikas on her arms. They harassed her to no end. And she really, she didn't have any friends. She had no social life. She was completely, completely destroyed as a child. And, you know, they tried to complain to the school board and they were just as anti-Semitic as the kids. So they didn't really care to do anything. Um, And, you know, this is Florida. Um, But she was very much affected by this. And she you know, now she's a very strong advocate. She speaks out, she attends conferences and, you know, meets with congressmen to talk about her experience. She met with the president um, and she's very much vocal about what happened to her. Um, and it's it's very dr- like dramatic, but it's also, it took a toll on her. Um, and she, she always talks about, you know, her situation and how it really affected her when she was, you know, only 12 years old and younger. So that's definitely something that I've heard about. For me, like you said, I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood and I go to Jewish school my whole life. So I never really experienced in-person anti-Semitism. We've had a few instances in our community of vandalization of synagogues. Um, you know, mm, yeah, I've seen and, those. yeah, so that was very scary and very close to home. Um, but otherwise, for me, it's mostly online, um, you know, by the haters who just too cowardly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those guys, goodness me. Yeah. So, wow, that is, yeah, that is, honestly, that is the first time I have ever heard such a story, and I, I just cannot imagine that happening. And these are kids. I mm-hmm. cannot imagine how, what these, what lies these kids have been fed about Jewish people or what they have, what they have been taught by whoever to hate on Jews to the extent of wanting to do something so horrid to yeah. to a to a friend in school. Well obviously they weren't her friend, but uh, <laughs> exactly. But wow. Okay, this is a lot to take in, honestly. So I think I'm just gonna move on to the next question, which is, you know, anti-Semitism exists among so many different groups of people. Some claim to just hate Israel, some claim to just hate Jews, however that works. For example, I know that a lot of Muslim countries, such as my neighboring country, Malaysia, which is a Muslim country, it doesn't allow people who have Israeli passports to enter the country. And it's also, from what I hear, a very anti-Semitic country. But on the other hand, we also have these white supremacists who I'm I'm absolutely, absolutely sure have nothing in common with Muslims, and they also hate Jews. So 
I'm sure that there are many groups of people out there who have nothing in common that all hate Jews. So what I'm wondering is, do you think there is a common denominator among all of these different groups of people that are causing, causing them to hate Jews? And do they all hate Jews for the exact same reason? Or does each different group come up with a new excuse? So I'd say that the common denominator of hatred is directed towards the Jews, um, especially here in the United States on college campuses. We see a lot of times where SJP and BDS, so Students for Justice in Palestine and BDS Boycott, Divest and Sanctions Movement, um, come together with other groups like, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter and um, just these huge feminist um, organizations or the LGBTQ movement, um, mostly people who are politically on the left. And you would be surprised that Muslims who are usually um, more right wing when it comes mm -hmm. to religion yeah. are forming together with them. And you're like, well, what's in common? Like, how do they get along? And the truth is, is that they're unifying factors that they hate me you know they hate jews they hate israel um and so that's what brings them all together and that's the only thing that they focus on and they direct all of their hatred towards us um and that's what really brings them together i'd say that it is very shocking when it first started like that um and you know like sjp they're very very anti um israel but they're also very anti-semitic you know like anti-semitism mm -hmm. and anti-zionism is essentially the same thing um we have the envoy to con uh to monitor and, um, you know, just, just deal with anti-Semitism around the world. Um, Elon Carr, he always says this. He always says, you know, anti-Zionism, anti-Semitism, it's the same thing. If you're hating Israel, you're hating the Jews. And if you're hating the Jews, you're hating Israel. It's not, you know, it's very, um, very intertwined. And I think that that's their only common factor is that they both, you know, they all just work together to hate on us. Yeah, I think it's really similar to how everyone just comes together to... I don't know, hate on Trump or something. Yeah. I mean, Ben Shapiro has this video on PragerU on intersectionality, and I think it mm -hmm. perfectly sums up what you just said. So for all of you out there, please watch that video. It's amazing. It explains how different groups of people can, who seemingly have major ideolog ideological differences. I, I think I pronounced that wrong, sorry. But <laughs> they have so many differences in ideology, and they somehow are able to come together to unify against a certain thing that they all hate and i think that really does explain a lot of anti-semitism so wow okay that was definitely enlightening so another question i have is anti-semitism has obviously been around for a while now as you said it's like ever since the time of you know, in the bible people were yeah. already having you know these conflicts so it's been around since the Holocaust and probably probably long before. So do you think anti-Semitism has evolved over the years or are the driving forces of anti-Semitism still the same today as it was during, say, Hitler's time? So I would say that um, really where we saw a shift in anti-Semitism is in 1948 mm -hmm. when Israel was created. Otherwise... Um, anti-Semitism was pretty much the same and it just, you know, just kept renewing itself over and over. I think we could go mm -hmm. back to the times of the Crusades, you know, in the 1100s mm -hmm. when um, yeah, yeah. Jews were being just massacred across Europe. Um, that was definitely mm -hmm. one. The pogroms in Russia um, against the Jewish people, just massacres after massacres. Um, and then, of course, the Holocaust, which is the biggest one of all. Um, but all the hatred yeah. is the same. Um, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion was a pamphlet that was handed out in Europe 
um, all over, which was a total accusation against the Jewish people for controlling the world and just having, you know, this like huge government of like underground that was like going to take over the world. So and a all lot of conspiracies, I guess. Oh, yeah. Tons of conspiracies. So I guess, I wow, okay. Sure. It's basically a conspiracy theory that is a few decades in the making, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that wow. is that is definitely a driving force. Yeah, the conspiracy mm-hmm. theories, they just never end. But then again, when Israel was created, it kind of gave a new reason to the anti-Semites to hate on Jews again. They were like, oh, well, now yeah, they have a country okay. and now they took someone's land. And oh, right, like now we can hate on them for that too. So that kind <laughs> of just like added to the fuel, as, you know, wow. that was kind of just another factor. Well, that is, yeah, that's very dangerous because when you start something especially when it's so based on conspiracy is that a, that really allows things to really build upon each other like just false accusations over false accusations and conspiracies you know it goes from one thing and you just link it to another and to another because you know that's how conspiracies work right mm-hmm. so wow and okay now in 2020, is- the conspiracies are alive and well you know people are always citing them and you know making stuff up you know it's all about the benjamin's yeah. baby said ilhan omar same thing same thing <laughs> oh no ilhan omar is a different <laughs> story now <laughs> right so right so good you mentioned you know taking someone's land so i assume you're referring to the palestine palestine sorry is it palestine or palestine palestine Palestine, right. So I was once doing an internship project where I had to label certain countries, and one of these countries was Palestine. And obviously I had no idea where this was, so I went on Google Maps and typed it in, in, and to my annoyance it kept bringing me to Israel without any explanation, and there wasn't even a single word that said Palestine. Uh, So as you would expect, I was super confused, and frankly... Call me uneducated, but I still am. So, Yael, could you please explain to me once and for all what's going on here? Yes. So I think we can take this back to the British mandate um, of the okay. state of Palestine um, at the end of World War One, when, you know, the forces who won the war decided to split up the Middle Eastern region um, after they, you know, after they won against, you know, the entire you know, area of Turkey, where the Ottoman Empire used to be, they completely split it up. And so Britain uh, gained control over, you know, Syria and Israel, modern day Israel, um, and, you know, Mm -hmm. other areas as well. So the mandate was the mandate of Palestine. And that word came out of nowhere. Um, You know, it's not like they, they picked it because it was a country, you know, out in Asia Mm -hmm. somewhere, or, you know, they, that was like the word that they chose, and they chose um, to have that mandate. And they were in charge from 1917 until 1948. So the people who lived in Israel, there were Jews and Muslims alike living in Israel all through the Ottoman Empire and through the British Mandate as well. Um, And they got along for the most part. I mean, there were definitely some clashes and some issues. Um, And then in 1948, when Israel decided to declare independence, you know, David Ben-Gurion got up there and said, all right, we're declaring a state. Um, Then the people who were Muslim who were living in this country decided, hey, it's our land. It's Palestinians, you know, and like we are the Palestinians and we are originally from here. Um, What are you doing? And they caused, uh, you know, a lot of trouble um, to the Israelis, especially in the start of of the country of Israel. Um, In 1947, the UN partition plan offered a state 
to the Jewish people and a state to the Palestinian people, which is what they call themselves. Um, and it was an offer, you know, you can have two state solution, you can live side by side. And of course, the Arabs said no, and the Jews agreed, um, because they were just happy to have anything. And the Palestinians said no. And that was the beginning of the War of 1948, when the clashes started and the fighting started. So now we have an issue where, um, you know, all the Arabs who were scared during the War of 1948 and the War of 1967, um, and they left their homes like any other war that could ever happen in history, um, and they left and they ran ref to find refuge somewhere else, then they were like, hey, like, we want to come back to our homes. And the only issue is that the UN decided to change the rules a little bit for the Palestinians. So instead of having one mother and one father who are refugees, they have every single generation after them are also considered refugees. In no other country, oh. in no other situation, do you see this. But when it comes to yeah, the Palestinians, that, okay. every generation is considered refugees. So let's say, for example, 500,000 Palestinians escaped in the War of 1967. Triple that, because they've had kids since yeah. 1967, and grandkids, and great-grandkids. And now you have okay. so many people who claim that they're refugees, and they want to come home, but their homes were, you know, back in 1967 when it was five people now it's 500 people so that's a huge issue and that's a very rooted issue for the um you know israeli-palestinian conflict and i think that it's very hard to you know delve into every single aspect but yeah it's i bet an issue it, and palestine it, is not oh. a country <laughs> wow yeah so so if i had to label palestine on the map could i do that no Palestine is not a country, and that is mostly because um, the Arabs, mm -hmm. when they were offered a country about seven times <clears throat> since 1947, they have said mm -hmm. no every time. All they want is to wipe Israel they off the map. They the whole thing. And yeah, they just they just keep disagreeing, okay. and you know. Over and that and over. I guess that is why in countries like Dubai, where I've been, um, um, Israel is not on the map. Uh, you're not allowed to mention Jews, Holocaust, any of that sort of thing. Otherwise, you get arrested. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. This yeah. is, wow, now I finally understand what that was all about. <laughs> uh, funny story, I was in, when I was in Dubai, I didn't know anything about this. And I had a performance uh, at a school. And I, of course, I had no idea about any of this. So the song that I picked to perform was, Schindler's List. So, uh, well, let's just say that I'm glad that that was an international school and not like a local school. Otherwise, I might not be here today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, thanks for that. Um, another question I have is how would you explain to someone? I mean, this is a big topic now with the entire. Groyper movement and all that stuff. So how would you explain to someone why the US should support Israel like over other countries? Like okay, how would you so, what would you your response be to this? Yeah. So I think that the biggest thing that we can say is that when United States provides aid to Israel, Israel returns mm -hmm. the favor, you know? And it might okay. not be in the same amount of money, you know, as do, as they pay it back as if it was a loan. Um, Israel is one of the highest countries for innovation in the entire world. They are yeah, leading so in so many um, areas of research and science and arts and really in every subject. They are just, you know, far beyond many, many countries of the world. And so mm -hmm. when Israel, you know, comes up with these medical advances and technologies and they send mm -hmm. it back to the United States and they send it around the world, that, you know, is a, a form of payback. Mm -hmm. um, Israel is 
the only democracy in the Middle East. And for the United States to have mm -hmm. an ally in the Middle East in among Middle East. many, yeah, many enemies, mm -hmm. it's very it's useful definitely... and it's very mm -hmm. beneficial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, and also another point that I've heard, uh, I was watching a video just yesterday that the amount of aid that the U.S. gives to Israel isn't as much as they make it out to be. Like, they make it seem as though, like, oh, no, all our money is going to Israel. But in reality, it's really not that much. And I'm sure that, you know, as you said, there are actual benefits. I'm sure there is a lot of taxpayer dollars going to other things that are more worth, you know, being against. So... Honestly, I think that would probably just be a huge excuse for people to be anti-Israel. Mm -hmm. For sure. <laughs> I think that a lot of the aid, I just want to say, is like the aid is really a lot for missile defense and for the Iron Dome mm -hmm. and the David Sling. And when I went to lobby uh, members of Congress uh, back in March during the APAC policy conference, we asked them to renew this aid for the state of Israel because, you know, think about it. If Israel has rockets flying into their country and they have no defense system, there's going to be no country mm -hmm. of Israel to be a, a stronghold in the Middle East or to be, you know, advancing yeah. in technologies or anything yeah really. so basically so. the entire middle east would oh yeah yeah it would be hamas exactly. and they would just yeah, wipe us I out mean, mm -hmm, yeah they would mm. <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I don't even have to say anything anymore i think it i think it's rather intuitive why israel needs the u.s support um i I honestly did. I, I couldn't figure it out either, but I think it's such a simple message and such a simple way of putting it. And it's really a waste that more people don't have the chance to, you know, to learn about these things. Agreed. So, wow. Okay. So now I, oh, okay. Before we go, one last question. Do you think it's racist to suggest that certain groups of people have statistically higher levels of success because you know there's a, as you said there's a lot of conspiracies about you know oh Jews are ruling the world and mm -hmm. that might be something to do with the fact that um I might be wrong I think it's true that Jews have a just statistically higher level of success so what do you think about this so i think the biggest point to make here is that Judaism is not a race it's a religion. Mm -hmm. okay. We have Ethiopian mm -hmm. Jews. We have white Jews. We have Asian mm -hmm. Jews. I mean, it's mm -hmm. nothing to do with race or origin. I mean, technically, we are all it, from yeah, the Yeah, that was a today. distinction that I have to so, remember. Because, yes. I, if I, because I could be Jewish as well if, say, I wanted to convert. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's a good point to make. Okay. Yeah. So I think that when so you, people say mm -hmm. that Judaism is a race or it's like, oh, we can, you know, anti-Semitism is racism. No, I mm -hmm. think that the biggest thing is that, you know, we're a religion. We believe in God and we believe in our Torah mm -hmm. and that's what unites us. But otherwise we're from all over the place and it's only because of the diaspora. I mean, when we were exiled from the land of Judea, where we were all coming mm -hmm. from originally, um, back when mm -hmm. the Romans destroyed the temple, you know. That was the biggest factor of why we have so many races of Jews. Otherwise, we're all from mm -hmm. there. Okay. So where do you think this comes from, this uh, idea that Jews have a uh, high success rate? Um, the idea comes from, I guess, you know, if you look at the numbers of, you know, the Jews who have won Nobel Prizes or um, mm -hmm. just yeah, any yeah. kind of awards, I mean, we just... Mm -hmm. 
we managed to, we're very resilient people and we have to be resilient. Mm. We have to be strong because of all the hate that comes at us. Um, If we just gave in, it would be a disaster. So I think the fact Mm -hmm. that we're very resilient, we're very strong and we put a lot of um, effort in our faith in God that really helps us to uh, get stronger. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a double standard here, don't you think? Because Another yeah. group of people that also have a high level of success are Asian Americans. And I mean, I, I don't, I don't see people calling them out for it as much as they, yeah. you know, they don't come up with some, some conspiracy that Asians are ruling, ruling the world or anything like that. So well, that is indeed kind of a double standard in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, but as you said, you know, it's not a race. I think something that I would say is similar to this is that how Mormons all happen to be super nice people. Mm-hmm. So, like there's that stereotype. So I, you know, if there's any reason, I really don't think it's due to any conspiracy. I just think it's because in the culture, it's just rooted in the culture that, as you said, the Jewish people are very, very resilient and, you know, because they have to be because it's part of their culture. Mm-hmm. And if only people actually looked at the facts and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, looked at the actual facts to account for certain things, then coming up with a conspiracy, would we would have a lot less problems. Oh, like yeah, this. for sure. Right. So I definitely have a deeper understanding now of anti-Semitism and where it comes from, etc. And though I'm, I will never understand, despite whatever reasons people may have to hate Jews or any group of people for that matter, I think it still doesn't explain the need for people to actively harass or attack people who are just going about their lives. Like, come on, man, leave them alone. It's not that hard. But I guess that is just the the unfortunate flaw of the human condition. We're not perfect beings. And the only thing we can do really is to strive to better ourselves with each passing day. All right, so I think that's all the time we have for today. It's been a long one, but it was definitely very enlightening. But Yael, thank you so much for coming on. That was very educational, and I'm sure it was very educational for many of the viewers out there as well. But one final question, how can we help to put an end to anti-Semitism? Oh, big question. I think the biggest (laughs) thing is to call it out when you see it. And I think the most Mm -hmm. important part um, which gets attacked from you know different political spectrums is that it doesn't matter if it's a attack from a white supremacist or from a left winger from a you know any side of the political spectrum. Um, you know if let, we're conservative, we're Republican, so you know we have to call out things that happen on our side of the political spectrum as yeah. well as what happen on the other side. And the same thing goes for them; they have to call it out on their side too for it to work. And once you call it out Definitely, and you yeah. you confront them head on, and that's when you know, they usually get a little bit more like a coward and, you know, they just like <laughs> die away for the most part. Um, but I think that would be the biggest. Yeah. yeah. Got it. All right, guys, you, you heard her. Um, call them out. So if you want to find out more about Israel, Judaism, or the Jewish people in general, PragerU has tons of great videos on that, and I will link them down below, along with Yael's social media handles. Do follow her on Instagram at Yael Gluck. She's just a lovely human being. Uh, One more thing, 
Yael and I actually met through PragerForce, Prager Youth Student Ambassador Program. So if you want to meet awesome people like her, text PragerForce to 64600 if you're in the US. And if you're anywhere else, use the link below or shoot me a message. All right. Um, thanks for coming on, Yael. You have been Thank an absolute you. joy. Oh, hey. Didn't see you there. Now, nah, of course I did. What am I, blind? So I hope you liked that video, and if you did, maybe you want to join PragerForce. PragerForce is PragerU's student ambassador program. PragerU is a non-profit organization that makes educational videos on Western values, morality, religion, and ideas from all sorts of great people. To join PragerForce, text 64600 if you're in the US, if you're anywhere else. Use the link in the description or shoot me a message. Hope to see you there. Cheers.